I am, my name's Zach, if you didn't know that already. Um, I am the director of coaching at Emerge. Um, so if you are not familiar with Emerge, I'd love to help you get familiar with Emerge. Uh, most people are familiar with Emerge because of the counseling and the support that we provide through mental health, but we also have coaching now. So would love to talk to you more about that. If you are a credential holder in Ohio, you actually have access to free coaching. Um, that is a new partnership that we've developed with OMN, and you have a handout. Hey, welcome. Come on in. Um, wherever you're comfortable, there's a handout that was on your chair uh, about that partnership. If you don't have this, there's more up here. I uh, would love to get you connected to this, answer any questions that you have about the Coaching Care Partnership. I apologize if we're out of um, handouts. Do we have any extra? And we'll kind of shuffle these around. Awesome. Y'all got them? You got it? Okay, awesome. Awesome. Okay, cool. Thank you. So um, we'd love to get you connected to this. It's free coaching um, with ICF-trained coaches and folks who are certified in coaching. They don't just have a piece of paper on the wall. They've gone through training. They have supervi supervision uh, and are great. This is a great resource for you. So this is the Coaching Care Partnership with OMN. Make sure you take advantage of that. Again, it's free to credential holders uh, in Ohio. Um, I have three kids, eight, five, and two, and a dog named Winston. He's a golden doodle. So if there's any golden doodle fans in the room, uh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> Anybody else have a golden doodle or lab, any kind of doodle? Yeah, you understand the frustrations of the hyperactivity then. <laughs> I, he's uh, three. Really? Yeah, ours has not yet. <laughs> I'm waiting for that day. I'm waiting for that day. We tried obedience school. That was pointless. <laughs> so, um, And then, of course, with the kids, it's quite busy. Um, and I also pastor in Akron, so um, I have multiple hats. If there's anything that I can do to support you as a pastor, church leader, through coaching, coach training, uh, getting ready to be at Victory, uh, doing a coach training in Dayton. So if you're in the Dayton area, we're going to be there doing a coach training. Um, we have a coach training coming up in Akron, um, Columbus. So there's a lot going on. Would love to connect with you, support you in any way that I can. Uh, I know a lot of folks are probably familiar with AG coaching, and so uh, I'm also part of that. So if you have any questions on, on that, um, we're actually in the process of exploring what uh, uh, Doug and Donna have requested that we have, we've put together a committee to explore what um, the preferred future of AG coaching is going to look like. So hopefully by fall we'll have some new exciting news with AG coaching and what that's going to be looking like in the future. So if you're familiar with that. But welcome. Um, so today we're going to jump into shift happens. How many know that shift happens in church? There's a lot of, a lot of trust issues in church, right? Um, and, and we have to work through those. So we're going to talk about that, how to build trust with your team, within your church, within your organization. Before we do that, let's have a look at this video. You might recognize this might look like your church. I shipped them with FedEx. You're a heck of a man doing a heck of a job, Lewis. Trust FedEx for proven reliability. Relax, it's FedEx. 
So, um, as you take a look at that video, what are some of the things you notice about trust in that video? I apologize for the graininess. It's an old FedEx commercial. I, I feel like they need to redo some of their old stuff. They're kind of funny. But um, what did you notice about trust in that video? Anyone? It was gone. There was no trust. Okay. What else did you notice? Fear. 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 Yeah, fear driven. What, hap- what, what showed you that there was fear? They were hiding. They were hiding. Love the guy that goes, you know, down on the desk, you know, <laughs> disappears into the paperwork. Yeah. What else did you notice in the video? Even when he was encouraging, he was still scary. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a presence about him, right? His presence, um, what would you say that his presence communicated? Dominance. Yeah. He was also the only one with a door. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're the first person that's ever recognized that when I've showed this video. What else? The unknown. Tell me more about that. Nobody knew why he was asking. That's why they did. Yeah, nobody knew what to expect. They just knew that he was in a mood, right? Yeah, what else? They left the poor guy hanging. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The one guy. You get to be that guy. Yeah. How do you think he felt? Isolated. Isolated? Confused? Job. Right. I'm I'm getting ready to get canned. Yeah. This is this is the end of the day. What else did you notice? He took credit for it. He took responsibility for it. The one guy. Yeah, yeah he took responsibility. He was courageous. Yeah. He was courageous. Uh, it had happened before because they were all prepared to hide. Mm. Great observation. So this was a somehow repeat, repeated practice, right? Yeah. What else you notice? Thanks for those who are joining us. Uh, there are handouts. I don't know if we have extras or if they're all gone. I apologize if we're out of handouts. He didn't what? I'm sorry. He didn't say his name. He didn't, he didn't say his name. Yeah. Hey, you. <laughs> hey, you. No apology. How would this work in your church? And please don't tell me that it is, that this is your scenario. <laughs> if it is, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But how, how would this look? Or maybe what are some similarities you notice? Is there things coming up for you as you're watching this? What else did you notice? Yeah. I think sometimes when leaders meet with people, they do have like a sense of I'm being called to the principal's office. And I, I, I wish I knew a way to help ease that a little bit more. Not only like even when parishioners text me, hey, okay. I want to meet, like put some kind of help that out. I don't even know how to word it. But. So you're not in the principal's office. Yeah. yeah. So what are some other things? That's, thank you for that. What are some other things that you would like to maybe work on today while we're together? Some things that you can walk away with and maybe begin to unpack those in your, in your situation, wherever you're at. The approach. The approach, okay. What are, I heard strong. He is strong, yeah, he, is, he had a very strong approach. Yes, ma'am. Fear-based environment. 
so I love that you said self-aware, that it's like my top word on every, you need to come this afternoon at 1.30 to my next session, coaching your staff, because I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, I actually am going to do a free uh, little laser coaching session for someone, so, and, and we're going to demonstrate some of this, and that's at 1.30. What else? Things you want to walk away with today. Things you'd like to learn or unpack about trust or implement where you're at. How to change that perception. I think that goes with not the principle, but still. Yeah, how to change it. I'm ex-army, I always yell. <laughs> <laughs> great self-awareness. <laughs> gets me in trouble a lot. Thank you for your vulnerability there. <laughs> yeah. What else? Yes. How to recognize, like, their fear or what, okay. what they're feeling, like, as a leader. Can I use the word empathy? Yeah. Empathy is such an important gift that we bring. And I would venture to say most of the folks in this room, because of the nature of what you do, you have empathy probably a, a good amount of it. It's learning to utilize that. Yeah. Yes, Dave. I, think, uh, I don't know if this is what you're talking about. Something I need to learn is how to uh, have it, when you have a team of different generations, mm. how to bridge that gap. It's definitely a different mindset. Yeah, so generational trust. Along with that, in the video, it seemed to be the youngest guy. <laughs> I'd like to see how to whether they all hide or they all stand up, they do it together and they don't abandon one of the team. Gotcha. Yeah. So there's there's a cohesion in the team. Either way. Either yeah. all hide or all stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're going to do, do it together. <laughs> That's great. I love that. And I, I appreciate the, if you're going to hide, hide, but do it together. <laughs> love that. Yes, ma'am. Because they all seem to like, they all hid and they already knew the pattern that they hid in. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Break, the patterns. break the patterns of untrust. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Like Andy said, he yells because that's what he's always done. And just realizing that, knowing how people are in their office, mm -hmm. like if they yell, that doesn't mean maybe when I grew up yelling meant you were angry. But for Andy, it means, okay, let's get it going. Yeah. Um, so being able to be aware of those that we serve with, their way of communicating. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Understanding how others communicate. I'm just going to write the word communicate because it's, you know, that's a broad. Anything else? All right. We're going to park this here. We're going to come back to this. We're going to do an activity together. I, I realize given the space in the room, it might be just a touch challenging, but I believe that you're capable, you're resourceful, you're able, so I know that you can do this. Uh, we're going to figure this out together, but I would like for you to get into groups of five in just a moment, and I'm going to hand you um, a story. It's going to be a Bible story. You're going to be familiar with it, I'm sure. I don't think anyone, uh, you might want to pull out your Bible on your phone, but you may not have to. It's up to you if you do. Um, be sure to take care of yourself as we go through today. I didn't say this, but um, take care of yourself. If you need to step out for a bio break or anything like that, please just be healthy. Take care of yourself, um, and especially as we do this together. But I'm going to give you, uh, give you a story. 
And I want you to take a look at the story. I'm going to give you questions to consider. How did trust show up? How did Jesus build trust in the story? What are maybe some things that were not trusting, some situations that were not trusting? Maybe there were some barriers to trust. And I would like for you to discuss it as a group. We're going to take about six minutes for you to discuss it as a group. And then we're going to come back as a large group and kind of elevate the conversation to the larger group. Okay? Any questions about what we're getting ready to do? just want to make sure that hey. you good. Yeah, we're good. Thank you. I assume you're all good? <laughs> Too late. Sorry. <laughs> I can yell. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. Go ahead and get in groups, and then I'm going to hand these out to you. And it may be five-ish. There's a group. There's your story. Here's your story. Here's your story. There's your story. There's your story. Y'all together. There's your story. There's y'all's story. You're good. Yeah, six is great. Here you go. Your story. Thank you for your flexibility. <laughs> Anybody not have a story? Story coming your way. Sort of. Thank you. Make the connection. Hey, I think I'm okay. We're rocking and rolling. Hey, welcome. Come on in. We just started a group exercise, so jump into whatever group you'd like. Yeah, I'm, I have a lot more folks than what we anticipated. Yeah, they just came and asked for more chairs, but I think we're okay. I need to. Maybe we can get them. Yeah, yeah, jump in wherever you want. There's some, there's a couple right here. Hey, David, we have a couple coming in. Can we, can we add this couple to your group? Come on in. Aaron, thank you for coming. Jamie, thank you. We'll, uh, can we maybe make room on that chair and then... Thank you. It's hard to do that when you're presenting. Yeah, that's 
You're welcome to stay. <laughs> That's what you do. That's a There's a young, he's a youth pastor. He's the guy in the back with the glasses. So I need to connect him with Veronica. She's our host in Dayton. So the two of them. I mean, it's still a couple hours, but. Cool. I think he was in here. Yeah, and I, I started off talking about the trainings coming up, so hopefully he heard that. I think he was in here for that, so I'll connect. Yeah. Connect. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay, about a minute left, so you can start bringing it to a close. All right. I'm going to invite you back to the larger space here. I didn't bring my bell. <laughs> Should have brought the bells. I'm going to invite you back to the larger space. You can stay where you're at. You can stay right where you're at. Don't move. 
What's that? You want me to yell? <laughs> yeah, I might need your help. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask a group. Maybe there's a really bold and daring group that would want to do something. Is there a bold group that would want to act out their story? You just, in about a minute's time, you don't have a whole lot of time, but act it out and then tell us what you learned about trust. Who wants to jump at this? I know there's no bold. Who's bold? Okay. All right. Come on to the front. Or you can move. That's fine if you want to move your chairs, whichever. Whatever's easier. I'll be blind. I'll be blind. All right, so our story is Blind Bartimaeus. I'll be Bartimaeus. I'm walking. A lot of people around me trying to teach. Why don't we get to sit down? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus, Son of God, heal me! What? Jesus, Son of God, heal me! Am I supposed to come over there? <laughs> I can't remember Jesus went to him or the wrong doing. Okay. Okay. What do you want me to do for you? I would, <laughs> Rabbi, I want to see. No, not today. Oh, yeah. Have <laughs> 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 you been paying your tithe? <laughs> <laughs> we got all the trails. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, your faith has saved you. Come on. End of story. All right. Great job. Thank you. What did you all learn about trust from, from that story? If you don't pay your tithe, Got to pay your tithe. Okay. <laughs> what else did you learn about trust? <laughs> uh, we said in our group that Jesus... He wasn't too busy that he couldn't stop. Yeah. Not too busy. Awesome. What else do you notice? Jesus paid attention. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus paid attention uh, to to the need. Yeah. That and that built trust. Uh, obviously, trust that from Bartimaeus' side that he would heal him if he got his attention. Wouldn't listen to the crowd. Shouted louder. So. Hmm. so maybe the yelling skills aren't a bad thing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Bartimaeus wasn't afraid to make a fool of himself there you go. to get a hold of Jesus because he trusted that Jesus mm-hmm. would pay attention and not treat him like a fool. So Bartimaeus didn't feel judged. He's not by Jesus. Yeah. By everyone else saying, why? It's yeah, interesting how many healings took place in a crowd. Like ours was the woman with the issue of blood, again, a story in a crowd. That's all. Yeah, tell me more about that. What, what the woman with the issue of well, blood? Well, or a crowd, Jesus ministering in the crowds. Yeah, I mean, he was among the people, so there's a lot of noise in the crowd. So Jesus was among the people, so how does that communicate trust? He's, he's with them. At their level. He 
He's at their level with them, yeah. And what are, what are some other dynamics about being around or in the crowd that might either add to or take away from trust building? Right, because he's trusting and trustworthy, but other people aren't. There's always yeah. somebody that's saying, be quiet, or who touched this, you know. Yeah. So as a leader, when you face that as a pastor and you're, you're among the people, you're in the crowd, and there's always the one that wants to take your energy instead of that too, it wants to distract you. How do you manage that? Ask him if they're tithing. Code red. Code red. Security team, yeah, okay. Seriously, I had a gentleman in my church, his grandpa used to do that to me, and he came to me one Sunday and he said, Pastor, if you want, I can distract grandpa. I told told him, I said, give give me two minutes with grandpa every time, and then, and it worked. Yeah. Jason would come up and say, come on, grandpa, pastor's got to talk to other people. Wow. So what I hear you saying there is that you used, you used trust, you built trust, not just with those that really needed you, but also with grandpa. And I didn't want to take anything away from grandpa. Yeah. He he had been in church for, you know, a thousand years, and he wanted to comment on the sermon and tell me what I missed, and that was okay. That's fine. At least he's listening to tell me what I missed. And so I gave him his two minutes. But, you know, when you're church, all of us that are pastors, we know everybody and your brother wants to talk to us on Sunday because we only work two hours a week. So <laughs> maybe two and a half. <laughs> yeah, what else? Yeah. That, uh, I think that the people who, who came and approached in these crowds showed a, a, a vulnerability mm-hmm. yeah. and openness and how Jesus treated that and handled that vulnerability <clears throat> helped to gain, yes. gain that trust with wow. respect, with love, helped to gain that trust, and others in the crowd witnessed how he handled those who were vulnerable. When you hear the word vulnerability, what do you think about? Desperation. Desperation, okay. Openness. Openness. Risk. Wow, who said that? Risk. Mark, yeah. It's a big risk. Right? So think about Bartimaeus who's yelling out or the woman with the issue of blood pressing through the crowd. There's a big risk involved. And Jesus took time and acknowledged the risk, took time and acknowledged their step of faith. Yeah. What else did you notice as you were talking? What about this group back here? Is it uh, Matt? I'm trying to look at name. Your, what about y'all back here? Well, we had the uh, lepers who were healed. Okay. Hmm. What does that tell you? That maybe what's what's in that? If you were to point and click on that, what's in that about trust? I think sometimes the people we're the most familiar with are the ones we take the most for granted. Hmm. That's good. Very good. Sometimes also the people who are you most surrounded with, they see your flaws, so it's harder for them to, you know, so like they know what triggers you and they know. So sometimes they're like, ah, whatever, you know, I'm not listening to you because I know that, you know, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not a yeah. Now, there was, there was a visceral response to that when you were talking about that, right? Like, everybody felt that, and there was a, even a verbal sound in the room about, oh. so to those of you that made that noise, you're like, oh, I felt that. What did you feel when, when you were talking about that? What was coming up for you? Samaritan felt the, um, the 
the blessing and the, the overwhelming, you know, that compassion. But I think others, they just get so used to, or just because of who they are, they feel entitled. They're not as grateful. Sure. The Samaritan, knowing the status in the Jews, their, his status in the Jews, just felt gratitude. Yeah. So how do you show up as a pastor, as a leader, with those who feel entitled and build trust with them? What did you learn from Jesus and, and these stories with the entitled? He treated them the same. I think. He treated them the same. Like, because even though they may have not came back, especially like with the story of the lepers, it didn't change the healing. Right, yeah. That's good. Wow. Take it back. Right. He still gave. Yeah. He still gave. Yeah. Okay. One of the one of the we have the story of the centurion whose servant was healed. And one of the things when you talk about self awareness, um, he was very aware of who he was, the centurion. It's like I'm a man of authority, so he recognized who he was, but he also valued his servant. Because he said that this is my high, you know, my valued servant. And so he recognized who he was, self-awareness. He recognized the value in his servant, but then he also recognized Jesus as the highest authority. Yeah. Because he had a lot of authority as a centurion, but he didn't have the authority or the power to heal. Yeah. And so then Jesus comes back and recognizes that and validates that. You know, yeah, you know, you've got great faith. Wow, look at what, you know, you, your awareness, you see this, and you've got faith. But now because of that, I'm going to do what only I can do. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so the centurion recognized the limits of his own authority. Right, humility. Yeah, so what does that speak to us as, again, pastors, church leaders, about understanding the limits of our authority, humility, and how does that build trust? I think transparency builds trust. When, when Nicodemus went to Jesus, he went to him at night, but Jesus kind of loves us by saying, accepted Nicodemus's transparency. In fact, that Nicodemus came at night, it's kind of like um, that transparency aligned to cut through the noise. Yeah. Right. Uh, coming at night when there were smoke crowds and being able to kind of cut through that noise. And I think that as a leader is something important that when we have people in front of us that we work and communicate directly with them and try to see beyond maybe why they're standing in front of you, but, but the actual direction or the, the approach of why they came. See beyond where they're at in the moment. There's always a deeper story, right? Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that they, they have the ability to have some spiritual revival take place in their city, but they asked the source of that to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a gentleman. Yeah, gentleman, kind. Well, we talk about communication. My other full-time job is a K through eight full-time substitute teacher. So this past week, I've been in third grade all week, and I've got a million and a half college degrees. So I got to take all those college degrees, try to figure out how to talk to third graders, because it, my yelling doesn't work. Yeah. It just scares them. They run into the opposite corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and I don't like kids. God's got a sense of humor. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, tra- somebody said something about transparency. So, yeah. <laughs> but 
no, I mean, I do in those moments. I'm like, all right, Lord, this kid is struggling. She can't read. She's embarrassed by it. How can I help her? Yeah. How can I help her? She's eight years old, and I, I, don't, I don't even know how old these kids are half the time because I'm in a different class every week, every day. But, but no, it's like, all right, I got I to gotta come down. Her name's Taylor. And I, I got to come down to her. And these are all at-risk kids, red, yellow, black, and white. Most of them, their next stop is juvie. Okay, so I spent a lot of my days breaking up fights, too. But it's like, all right, how can I get Taylor? And so I brought her back to my desk, get her away from everybody, and I read the questions up for the test to her. She got the answers right every time. Wow. But prior to that, she was so frustrated that she wouldn't even try. Yeah. And so, again, it, it, it trusted God. Like, all right, I don't know how to do this. I've been to college forever. They never taught me how to teach third graders. So yeah. help me out here, Lord. Can I – I just want to extrapolate this story because this is a great example. The story of the gathering demoniac Jesus leaving town is a great example. But – you humbling yourself to the third grader level doesn't change your identity or who you are, right? It doesn't change the fact that he has all the degrees and the things that he's listed prior to that saying, I sit down and I read the questions to a third grader. It doesn't change him at all. But what does it do for the person that you build trust with? Yeah. trying to walk to a secluded place, but the crowds of people were still following him. And the first thing he did was have compassion on their long walk, and he healed them. And he used the people that were with him to take care of the natural and feed them. Even though he himself was not in a good place. He was tired. His friend had been beheaded. And he still put all that aside and did what he knew he needed to do to reach people. Yeah. And to, and to continue to build their trust. Yeah. I love that. I want to, did you all hear that Jesus was moved with compassion on this journey? I just want to pull that out because the word compassion is that he was moved in his bowels. He was, yeah. he was internally moved right, with, right. and we see that showing up in Jesus' ministry frequently, that he was moved with compassion. And it's interesting because if you think about the core or your gut of who you are, it's, the, it's that place of your identity, the place of who you are, your purpose. And so what Jesus was, he was being moved out of his identity, out of who he was for compassion. And uh, it didn't change, right? The, it didn't change who he was when he was moved with compassion and he, he wasn't diminished, his identity wasn't diminished, his, who, his nature wasn't changed, came out of, yeah. If you go like two words back before he was moved with compassion, it's when Jesus saw the crowd, and there's something very beautiful. Every time I see where Jesus saw something, I put I draw little eyeballs in my in my Bible. I'm like, what did he see? Yeah. Because when you feel seen and known, yeah. Good, 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 good. Yes, sir. The one thing, uh, and I brought this up to the group, but the one thing that every story has in common here is Jesus did something. You can't walk into a room and expect people to trust you. You have to earn their trust. Mm -hmm. Jesus did it in a multitude of ways as these stories speak. But as people, we can be put in charge of something and, and you might not have trust automatically. You work trust to people. You have to earn it. You have to do things 
stick to your word, then they trust you that you're going to do what you say you're going to do, and that builds more trust, and then that trust spreads from your immediate people to more people to more people. Wow. I love your feedback. It's so powerful. I love the, just the collective wisdom in the room and how we can just pause and listen and learn from everyone and your experiences. I want you to think about a time where you did not have trust with someone in your church or your circle of influence. Think of a time where you as the leader maybe had broken trust or maybe there was broken ch- trust in your church. I'll just give you a moment to think about that. And then how did you respond to that? How did you rebuild trust? How did you build trust in that situation? And then what does that situation look like today? Again, I'm going to ask someone to be bold. Would anyone like to share their story? And we'll just keep it to a couple of minutes. Yes, ma'am. I'll share. So the, the recent situation that I'm in is I'm at a brand new church and we've been there for about seven months. So in this way, you're coming in kind of without any any like social capital, if you will, or like no one really knows you from anyone else other than the maybe the people that hired you are excited you're there. And so it is just a lot of, it's a lot of like listening, it's a lot of being patient, it's a lot of um, yeah, it, like hearing. It's, it's really like you can't really do much to solve anything. That's, that's, I guess, what I like about the idea of, of like trust. Like the goal isn't to go in and fix all the problems day one, or really ever to fix problems. The goal is, okay, how can I listen to you? How can I like be next to you? Um, and that's what I like about this is the limits of like, like Jesus, we can <coughs> earn trust with with people. We can see them. We can um, acknowledge who they are. That that's all within our capacity to do. Um, it takes time, but what I love is just the freedom the last couple months to say, I don't have to solve all this right now. I don't, I can listen. And, and then even the humility of knowing to some degree we can be like Jesus and then where that stops is he's the one that has to solve it. He's the one that has to do the ultimate healing or the ultimate fixing here. And um, that in a way is freeing, knowing I don't have to fix it all right now. I don't have to have all the answers for them. I can just be present and there and be aware that the Holy Spirit is present too. And it's cool, just several months of listening, um, just quickly you learn like, yeah, if you give it time and you just kind of be quiet and look people in the eyes and, he- and hear where they're coming from, not only do you learn so much, you, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm learning from people too. It's almost like I trust people too now, so. Yeah, I, I, I wanna just, echo what you just said so powerful and thank you for sharing and being vulnerable I think that there's there's so much uh, power in what you said and that Jesus is already working mm-hmm. we just show up yes, Jesus is already working we just show up yeah kind of a other side of kind of a negative story I mean this is what 15 years ago back when I was a staff pastor I made a rookie mistake just didn't even want to, made a rookie mistake, and broke the trust of my boss, the pastor. And then no matter how hard I tried, he would never give that back to mm-hmm. me. So now that I'm a lead pastor, mm-hmm. I'd be a little bit more empathetic and mm-hmm. say, you know, you can't just, uh, it, it just really stirred on me, man, I could never win back, no matter how hard I tried. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're just like, yes or no, it's done, and it 
is always like that. That's really helpful. How many times do we put things on those great paradigms? It's either it is or it isn't, and not always is that the case. Yeah. Like with the sons of Zebedee when they wanted to bring down lightning and kill everyone. <laughs> right. Like just let's wipe them out. Just like uh, let's, let's wait. <laughs> but, but it still worked with them, right? And let the empathetic and say, yeah. this one's wrong, but we'll we'll teach. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. I think we need to do the hard work as Christians. If you have a problem, we need to work it out. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, leadership and us as a congregation, we, we avoid that conflict because we don't want to make it worse. Yeah. But then people harbor that, and then they, they'll stop coming. And I don't want anybody to have lost time with Jesus. Yeah. So part of trust is being so, bold. Yeah, our pastor is really good. If you're going to leave us, tell us why you're leaving before you go. You know, if right, you're going to switch churches word. or something like that. Sure. And I learned a valuable lesson in that because we were going to leave, leave a church regardless. But I want to be able to come back to it. Mm. Because I always, when I get lost from Jesus, I want to be able to come back to him. And, and if I can't find my way back, I could be lost. Or somebody else could be lost. So yeah. we have to be open and honest, and that's hard. Yeah. And especially if, one, you didn't even know you did anything wrong, and this person has been harboring something for years, you know, um, and they come to you and you don't know what to do with that. Yeah. So we just have to really be, I, I'm upset about this. And Thank then you. be open and honest to listen, because there's nothing worse than getting to church, finding the trust, and then getting hurt at church. Yeah. And we don't address it. Sure. Thank you. Second. Just seriously. Second, okay. yes. <laughs> had, we had a new company commander just before we went to war. He said, you can come to me anytime. He took the door off his office. Wow. To show us we could trust him. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you all for sharing. This is great. Great feedback. Julia, can you read this for us? So the definition of trust is the reliability in. I would even take it a step further if my device will work with me here. This is Stephen Covey. I love this quote. Trust is the glue of life. It's the most essential ingredient in effective communication. It's the foundational principle that holds all relationships together. So if I were to offer a word for trust, if I was going to maybe 
switch the perspective a little bit, I would say that trust is assurance. It's the reliability and it's the assurance that you're going to be present. It's the assurance, just like you sat in these chairs this morning, you had assurance they were going to support you, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't have sat in it. If you, if you don't have assurance with your leader, you're not going to go to them and have a conversation with them or talk to them. What's interesting about this is we try to find you know, quick ways to build trust. You know, maybe even this morning you came in with, you know, what's the secret ingredient to build trust? You know, how, how can we implement the silver bullet this morning and have a trusting relationship in our, in our staff, in our church, in our community? Well, assurance, building assurance, and we all know this, and it's been echoed, it takes time. It takes time. It takes being with the people. It takes demonstrating the ability that someone has to have assurance in you. I love Proverbs 3.5. It says, trust in the Lord. And that word trust is to take refuge in or have confidence in. So it's, again, it's this assurance or taking refuge in something. In this case, it's in the Lord. So how do we do that? How do we build trust? Well, we've had a lot of conversation around this. And and I invite you to just take some time at some point today with our time constraint. We don't have the space to do this. But on your own at some point, maybe reflect. Take some time to reflect back on the things that you've heard. But I would say the first thing to build assurance is that we live with purpose. Everywhere Jesus went, he went with purpose. There wasn't ever a mistake there was always intention behind it. Now this is organizationally as well as personally. What are the standards that you live by? If I'm going to take this word purpose, what do you live by? If people were to look at your life, is there a standard? Is there something, uh, a set of values, a moral code? Is there a, a purpose, an identity that you live by that people can see? What about within your organization? Is there a purpose within your organization, a set standard that you're operating by in the church? Do you have a set standard that you operate or function by? Builds trust. Another way to look at that is, are we hitting the bullseye? Do we have, do we have a purpose? Are we hitting the bullseye? Are we hitting the mark? There's a term that we use uh, organizationally, but it applies personally as well. Mission drift. When you start throwing the arrow and you're starting to hit things over here instead of staying on target... How does this show up in your personal life? Are you, are you over here in the peripheral somewhere? Things that really may not matter as much as this. I wonder how much those voices that are in our ear telling us what we didn't say or should have said or how we should do it better affect where we're at on this target. Number two, be real. You know, people can sense if you're showing up as a copycat, right? You're yourself. And it's so challenging in the ministry world because everybody's doing the next biggest best thing and you want to what, be the next thing. And is that what Jesus is calling you to? Right? Are you okay just being the Samaritan? So who are you? And be that. Be authentic. You know, I, that word authentic, it's really, I hate the word. So I just tell you, I hate authentic. That's why I said be real. It could mean so many different things, depending on who you ask. Well, what's authentic? Well, uh, be real, be genuine. You know, so just say it. We're real. We're going to be real. Be authentic. 
your consistency, your lack thereof, communicates a lot, right? Kind of goes back to that FedEx man. He was consistent in his message. Everybody was ready to hide. They all, whether it was behind the plan on the desk or wherever, right? The new guy didn't know what he was doing, but everybody else, all right? Be consistent. This is hard when you have crowds always thronging you, always wanting your attention, right? You look at Jesus' ministry. Everywhere he went, people wanted his attention. I am convinced one of the keys to Jesus' consistency was that he was consistent in prayer. He always took time to get away from the crowds. It's consistent. So I believe our consistency is often built on our private time. Consistency of what we do privately consistently comes out publicly. Is this what your team or church looks like? <laughs> How are they showing up today? Who are we getting today? Right? And then number four, leave a legacy worth sharing. You know, your story is going to follow you wherever you go. Right? So what's the story being told about you? We're sitting here today reading stories about Jesus couple thousand years ago they're still impacting today and of course we know it's scripture but looking at it from a purely historical perspective those stories are still impacting the world today because someone took time to build trust and leave a legacy to leave a story to write your name not on a tombstone I love the quote that's on your handout but on the hearts But we just have a couple of minutes left. So I want to reflect back on our parking lot. So we wanted to learn. Sorry, I'll move this out of the way here. See how we did. So overcoming the principal's office. How do you feel like we did? You get some ideas on how to change that? Yeah. What about changing your approach? How do we do on that? Feel like you got some direction there? I see heads nodding. Okay. Feeling empathy? Okay. What about generational? Good. Collaborating? That they're going to do it as a team? Got some things? Okay. Breaking the pattern of untrust? I forget just, yeah. Okay. And then communicating. It was large. We have, that's a lot to unpack in a very short amount of time, but. but we got there. I want to invite you. There's some information on the screen. First off, you can stop by the Emerge Coaching or Emerge booth, and I'm there talking about Emerge Coaching. Uh, but I'd love to have you uh, join one of our coach trainings. And then uh, also, if you're a credential holder, you have access to free coaching. So I'd love to get you started with that. You have a handout about that. If you have